Good morning, everybody. I do hope you are safe and sound. Welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30 to 9am to help small businesses just like you. Ask any questions in the comments section or the hashtag QBATE, that's QBATE on Twitter. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountant and business experts just like myself are on hand 24-7. QuickBooks also have a dedicated COVID-19 information site. Just go to the QuickBooks website, scroll down a little bit, and on the big Learn More button under the header Support for Your Business during COVID-19, you'll find all the information you need during this time. So who am I? My name is Aaron Patrick, and it's a pleasure to be with you again. I'm a chartered accountant and QuickBooks certified trainer, so don't be afraid to ask me any QuickBooks technical questions. I own a state-of-the-art accountancy firm called Boffix, which uses the best in cloud technology available to help small businesses get through this crucial time. Um, if you need any advice on accountancy, bookkeeping, MTD, uh, payroll, then please do get in touch. Also, recently started a new QuickBooks-focused blogcast, and that goes bi-weekly on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. And our next episode is going live on 7th of July, so I hope to see you then. Okay, enough about me, and let's get focused on today's session. As always, this is all about you and your burning questions. If you have a question, then please use any of the social channels mentioned to get a comment over to us, and we'll make sure we look to answer them accordingly. So while we wait for the first of the questions to arrive, let's talk about some recent issues which our clients have currently been facing. First of all, some real talk about small businesses who are VAT registered. Um, Making Tax Digital, or MTD as we're going to refer to it, um, has been around for a while, but HMRC could be looking to make it a little bit more harsh and get to, to become a little bit more strict. So what is MTD, I hear you saying? Well, it stands for Making Tax Digital. And in a nutshell, it's all about the way in which, which a VAT registered business files a VAT return. MTD is part of HMRC's plan to bring UK into the digital age. It requires VAT registered businesses with a taxable turnover of £85,000 or more to keep records in a digital form and file their VAT returns using MTD-ready software such as QuickBooks. It's important to note if you are filing online, you may not be filing by the MTD method. And when I say online, I mean online. So let's understand that a little bit more. Prior to MTD, you could file, you could file via a paper form or via HMRC's online portal. So the idea there was that you could either send them a piece of paper and they would actually count that as, as, the, as the VAT return coming your way, or you could sign into HMRC and you could file it from there. MTD was implement, implemented as a separate way of filing your VAT and introduced the requirement to file your company return via software, like I said, like QuickBooks. MTD has been around since the 1st of April 2019. From this date, HMRC has been leaning on the change and they understand that there has been difficulties for every business to become compliant. But it does seem like there may be a little bit of a a shift in HMRC, and it may be time that they might be changing on their leniency. So if you're not filing with uh, Fire MTD, now is the time you need to make that jump. Use QuickBook to make your life far easier in, in getting MTD compliant. Plenty of support from Intuit and others in the official UK uh, SMB guide. So think about the group. There's always people talking there to help if we want. We run small business webinars as well as part of the training team. So if you do need to look at how to use QuickBooks in a little bit more detail, we've got support there for you as well. 
And also we can make sure you've got all the support you need to look at that transition from what you were doing before to MTD if needed. For complicated VAT schemes, don't worry, we've got you covered. We use a solution called bridging solution, which effectively means that you take that complication and you feed it back into QuickBooks via a spreadsheet or however you're doing it, and it will then file that particular spreadsheet into HMRC and it will still be MTD compliant. So even if you've got really complicated schemes, we can make sure you're being supported on that one. Also, I have a dedicated YouTube channel under the banner of Apple Core Production that has many a video on VAT and MTD. So if you do need any more information, then do look out. So all businesses will be required to be filing VAT returns via MTD. Currently, there is an exception to that. That's the £85,000 VAT threshold. If you're under that, so you're voluntarily going to be filing for VAT, then currently you're not expected to file via MTD at this point in time. But that's not coming around forever. So that is something that we might need to think about and you might need to start understanding um, that that's not going to be around forever. So do think about how you're going to file to MTD if you are in that category at the moment. How do you know if you're filing with MTD at this moment in time? Well, go into QuickBooks itself. On the left-hand navigation panel, you'll find the panel, you'll find the option for taxes. When you go into taxes, it will bring up your VAT screen. And in the top left-hand corner, you should see the words making tax digital enabled. If you see those words, making tax digitally enabled, then you know that you're covered and you know at that point you are currently filing via MTD. Some people are filing quote-unquote online and they're doing it the old-fashioned way. They're not 100% understanding, especially from clients we've seen, that they're not filing via an MTD compliant way. So do make sure you jump into QuickBooks, you go to taxes, you look in the top left-hand corner and make sure you see that making tax digital enabled badge. When you've seen that badge, you know you're then filing compliant, and then you know at that point that you can't get any fines or anything like that that may be coming in the future. So to take action now. QuickBooks has stepped-by-step uh, step -step guidelines on getting your business settled for MTD. Um, one of the things that you're really good at is call to actions. So what you'll find when you go into your tax page, that one of the first things that's going to come up is uh, making tax digital. And it's going to give you that way and those options in which you can actually sort that out. And it's going to tell you step by step how to get your business enabled for making tax digital and how to make sure the software is enabled as well. So it's really straightforward, the software side of things. Literally go into the settings button. Under the settings button, there is an option there to little tick box to say making tax digital. Once you've done that, again, it's going to talk you through everything. It's going to make sure everything's all right for you. And it's going to make sure that you're then compliant. So again, even if you're filing online, do do make sure you take the time just to make sure top left-hand corner, it says the words making tax digital enabled. Uh, also, it's important to note that MTD for VAT is only the start of, of the plans for HMRC. Making tax digital is a whole initiative that QuickBooks, are, uh, sorry, HMRC are looking to implement. And they're going to be looking at various ways and various things in which HMRC um, is going to be looking at taxes. So we're going to be looking at your corporation tax and self-assessment in the future. So take this time now to get to grips with the tax, uh, with BAT going making tax digital. Take your time now to understand how that implements and the process in place and getting yourself enabled and everything else. That way, you're going to be ready for when the other taxes come live at some other point in time. 
Finally, if MTD is too daunting, then do think about using someone like Boffix who we can take over all of the bookkeeping requirements and all of your VAT requirements so that you don't have to worry about um, making taxes at all anymore. Also, while talking about VAT, do remember that from a VAT point of view, last period, so the last VAT quarter, we were given the option from HMRC to do a VAT deferment. Now, with that VAT deferment period, what basically we were told or given the option opportunity to do was defer the payment of that VAT for up until 31st of, Jan, 31st of March 2021. Now, that VAT deferment was only available for the one quarter. And if you took advantage of that, you probably went around and took away your direct debit. If you've taken off your direct debit, I urge you now to have a look at trying to get that direct debit back up and running. So make sure you log back into your HMRC portal. Make sure you enable that now. Otherwise, you're going to be in a position where you're going to have a late payment if you're not careful. So do take this time to make sure that you've got your MTD compliant sticker on your tax screen. And then also make sure that you've got your VAT, um, your VAT payment all set up for next month. So make sure that you've got all that in line. So then you're not going to get any nasty surprises from HMRC. Also, when it comes to making tax digital, there are some benefits for it as well. Because you're using the software and you're getting everything all done on that software, it means you can have loads of reporting requirements that's going to be useful for you. So there are benefits in to do that. And also, um, think about what HMRC are getting from you as well. In the past, when you were sending it via just paper return, they were getting only a few, a few figures from you. Now they're seeing the whole background of how those figures are made up. And we've certainly seen from our clients there's been a lot less of these investigations or inquiries that were just based on small little uh, things like the like reduced amount of, of output tax from one period to the other. Now they can see the data and they can see that's happening. We've definitely seen a, a decline in those inquiries that don't seem to be worthwhile. And the only inquiries we've had are ones we were kind of expecting because we knew that it was kind of something we'd probably need to explain to HMRC. So it does seem to be streamlining the process and making everything nice and easy for us for us as accountants to help our clients because then we can make sure that things like trends and everything are all in place so that we don't get unnecessary investigations and unnecessary um, inquiries. So that's it for MTD. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. Do make sure that you've got yourself all set up for MTD. Do make sure that in the top left-hand corner, when you file your taxes by QuickBooks, that it has making taxes enabled, and then you're going to avoid any problems in the future. So with that then, let's look at your burning questions for today then. So the first one we've got through is Laura from Facebook Live. She says, we're looking, looking at needing to claim the second self-employment income support. Is there a percentage of loss of sales to qualify? I've heard it's different from the first grant. We're a small family-run flooring business. Footfall for our showroom has been zero as totally expected. We're getting work through checker trade, et cetera, and slowly building up, but there's nowhere covering our zero sales in April, May, and June until our supplies reopen. Is there different guidelines for eligibility? Well, from an eligibility point of view, it's exactly the same. So from a self-employment um, point of view, or the self-employment income scheme, it's still going to be based on you've got to prove, or your company or your business has got to prove that you've been adversely affected. Now, HMRC haven't given guidelines on how they're going to check that, but we assume it's going to be based on uh, future tax returns and things like that to understand exactly how you have been affected. 
So they're not necessarily going to be looking just at those few months. They're going to be looking at the period in total. And as long as there's been an adverse effect and there's been a loss of income, then you're going to qualify for it still and you're still going to have the ability to put the claim in. Even so, it's still automated. It's still this system that we had before. So you are still going to have that, or they're going to send you basically an invitation, and you're then going to be able to accept that, and you're going to be able to put the claim in. When it comes to how much you're going to get, though, do remember we are going through that transition stage in terms of how much is available. So just like we said on the job retention scheme, there's going to be that reduction that's going through. So basically, the self-employment scheme and the job retention scheme are going to follow the same guidelines. So they're going to reduce down from the 80 to the uh, to the 70 to the 60. And then you're going to see that that's going to start to affect the amount that you're going to be able to claim from them going forward. The same rules apply, though, in terms of how they're going to calculate it. So in theory, HMRC has already done that calculation for you. If you've got the first scheme, you're going to get the second scheme. And it's going to be calculated on a similar sort of basis. So remember, they look back at 12 months worth of previous profits, divided by 12, and then they give you up until that limit and make sure that you can claim from there. So in your case, it seems like you've definitely got um, a reason to have, uh, Laura, to have a, um, a scheme available. And you, it looks like you definitely do have a reason to be able to claim for this self-employment scheme. But just make sure, um, from your point of view, that you're keeping records and everything, just in case at some point there is some sort of investigation or, or some sort of inquiry into what was happening. As long as you've got this sort of information you've passed over here, and you can, you can show that, and I can't see there'll be any issues for you later down the line. Um, but again, we don't know how HMRC are going to check this, but at least you've got information there to back yourself up. Steve from YouTube Live says, Hi, Aaron. My HSB business account doesn't seem to want to connect. It worked once, but now when I try to update and bring the transaction through, it doesn't seem to work. Any ideas? Now, this is something we're having a lot of uh, people and clients and other people in the community. So if you do join the Facebook community, you'll notice we are on there quite a few times talking to um, customers and talking to users of QuickBooks and trying to help them as much as we can. This HSBC issue is something that actually has been going for a while now. So it all started when we made this move from uh, called Open Banking. And all Open Banking was designed to do was basically say that every single software provider out there, so QuickBooks and the other ones, um, all those different software providers were basically being told that they have to connect by a certain way. Now, when they were told to connect by this certain way, it was all down to this new initiative called Open Banking. And basically, they're all funneled in the same way to each of the banks. And all the banks then complied. And instead of having all these different connections from all these different softwares, they were all being taken through the same channels. Now, with that, with that complication there of everyone now going through the same channels, it took time for banks and everything to be up and running for it and getting ready for it. Now, what we found with this is that the transition from the old way of connecting your bank account to the new way, this open banking, means that there has been some teething issues from time to time. And HSBC, unfortunately, has been one of the ones where, for whatever reason, has had more problems than, than other banks. Now, the best thing to do in your case is, I mean, you're saying there that it worked once, but now I try to update and bring the transaction through. What I urge you to do is just disconnect it completely. What's happened here is it's kind of, um, we've, we've seen cases where it's kind of got confused about which connections it's using and stuff like that. So what we've seen that if you completely disconnect your HSB account, so to do that, jump into the chart of accounts 
or into the banking screen. And you'll notice there's an option there to disconnect completely. Once you've disconnected it, you then have the option to completely start from scratch in terms of adding that bank account back in. And then when you do add that back in, you should find at this point that all your problems have gone away. So make sure that you disconnect it first, then you reconnect it. And at that point, you should find that those issues have gone away. Another thing I've found out from doing kind of a bit of research and having some updates with people regarding open banking is that you would have found that when you first connected or you connected prior to open banking, just say, you had the opportunity to see more bank accounts and things like that. That sort of functionality is starting to come back into open banking as well. So basically, the banks kind of made sure that your current accounts and all those sort of accounts were connected first. So they were making sure that the, you know, the most important accounts were connected, but they weren't necessarily making it so you could connect things like savings accounts and maybe mortgage or loan accounts and things like that. We're slowly but surely seeing them starting to reappear re, um, within open banking now. So fingers crossed we'll get to a point where we're back to where we were. But yeah, definitely make sure you disconnect, reconnect again, and then you should have all these problems go away. You remember as well when you're on open banking, you've got not, you'll have to keep updating your transactions every 90 days. So, or your authentication every 90 days, should I say? So you've got to make sure every 90 days that you keep putting in the information. So do make sure that's not something that could have caused you an issue as well. So make sure that's all connected. Rob from Twitter DM says, "Hi Aaron, once the furlough goes down to 60% in October, will we as the employer have to make up the other 40%?" Great question there, Rob. So what he's talking about there is the job retention scheme is starting to have a staged approach where it's starting to go down. So currently, HMRC, we're paying 80% of salary. But remember the rules about that 80%. They, they were going to pay the employer 80%, but you as the employer were going to have a decision to make about your employee. Were you going to employ, carry on paying them 100% of their salary or were you going to reduce down to 80% as well? So first of all, you need to make sure you understand how much it is you're paying your staff at this point in time. Is it the full 100% they were getting prior to COVID-19 and job retention scheme? Or are you currently paying them 80%? By the looks of your question, it looks like you're paying them 100%. When it goes down, though, from 80% that the HMRC were going to give you back to the 70 to the 60 then yes, at that point, it was up to the employer. This was the whole point of the scheme. It's up to the employer then to plug in the gaps, basically. So whatever you were paying them before, you will only receive a reduced amount, and then it's up to you, the employer, to pay that extra. Now, you do have the option, technically, to bring them down to 80%. But if you do go down that route, I would urge that you make sure from a HR point of view and from a contract point of view and everything else, you've taken that into consideration and you're making sure that you've got yourself compliant in that way. So what you don't want to do is, is find that, you know, you're, you're going against your contract terms and everything else. So do make sure you talk to someone. Virilio, so Merley, who comes on here on a regular basis, their platform is perfect for things like this. So do reach out, talk about that. Through Boffix as well, we can offer Virilio uh, as well. So do make sure you look at that, make sure that you've got yourself compliant. Um, and then in that case, you may have the opportunity to reduce your employees down from the 100% you've been paying down to 80%, which will effectively help you in that sort of respect. Um, and Nathaniel from Twitter DM says, I run a hair salon in Bristol and we're allowed to reopen again on the 4th of July. Excellent news. 
I already use QuickBooks, but I'm just wondering if there is anything else for business owners like myself to be aware of that increase productivity and efficiency as we look to open up. Great question. And this is where the App Store can be really useful with QuickBooks. One thing we do at Boffix and when we, when we talk to our clients is if you're looking at making efficiencies and everything else, I always use QuickBooks as kind of like my base of where I'm going to connect data to. And that's where the App Store comes really useful for things like this. So you get the opportunity to be able to connect different pieces of, of information directly to QuickBooks, and then it all starts to integrate nicely for you. So think about it from simple things. Like in the salon there, I would assume you've got a, a till system or you've got some way of uh, recording your sales at the end of each day or during the day, should I say. So why not look at systems where you get to integrate that beautifully with QuickBooks? So you have the ability there to every time you make a sale of a of a haircut or you do some, some coloring or whatever it's going to be, you can get that information to go directly into QuickBooks for you. That's using the App Store. So that's using the App Store to find integrators that was going to make whatever sales system you're using, whatever card system, whatever till system you're using, and bring that in. We've been using COVID-19 and, and this downtime um, for our clients to look at systems like that, to look at ways in which we can implement more fancy systems and more um, integrated um, uh, till systems and everything else. While they've got that downtime, it gives them the opportunity to be able to install it and make sure that they can be PPE reliant and everything else compliant and make sure everything's all, all working for them. So my first step at that point was to look at the App Store, see your particular sector. The best thing about the App Store on QuickBooks is it's www.apps.com. So it's the easiest uh, website in the world to think of. Go to that website. It's going to show you all the apps that's connected to QuickBooks. And they even have sectors as well. So you'll be able to find a sector that relates to you and be able to see if there's anything from there. So yeah, I would definitely look at your till system. That's always going to be a first one. If you can get that integrated nicely into QuickBooks, it's going to save you a lot of time. Even means you get some more meaningful data as well. So you can start seeing trends and all sorts. You can have a lot of data there to understand. And especially where we're now moving from the old, old new to the new new, if you like, where we're going to have this whole bit where we're going to be a little bit hesitant on how many hours to open and things like that. The more data we can get in, the more understanding we can make of when it's peak times, when it's and everything else, we're going to be able to be able to plan more effectively. So do kind of use this time to get those things all set up, get the a fancy um, uh, till system. They're really cost effective if you look down the right ways. Um, and some of them are really good in terms of being able to give you extra functionality. One of the systems we put into our hairdressers ourselves actually was not only the ability to be able to look at taking payments and be able to record payments and bring those payments in, but we also looked at ways in which we can make sure that we can um, look at helping them book um, going forward. So there's booking solutions on there. And again, in this sort of time, this has never been more important to us. to Have that ability where our, um, our uh, hairdresser can send out a link to their, their um, customer and on that link is basically all the availability they've got in terms of being able to book a slot. They go through, they find the slot that's convenient for them, they find a slot that's convenient for the, um, for the hairdresser, and they book it there and then using their phone or whatever they're doing, and then that automatically gets connected. Um, also, with those sort of things, you can send automatic reminders out. So from an administration point of view, you'll be able to reduce that burden. Because you may be in a position where, you're not going to have as many staff turnovers as you had before because you don't have the physical footprint in your salon to be able to accommodate that. So you may need to look at something like 
um, administration saving and stuff like that. So systems like the ability to book um, on demand or book um, in the cloud is going to really help you. And again, this sort of stuff can get integrated into QuickBooks to mean that it's all being put in the same database. And there's going to be places there where you're going to be able to see where all this information relates to. And you're going to be able to create wonderful dashboards to be able to understand exactly how your business is doing. And then hopefully you'll be able to grow your business and bring your business back to you know, something that you're kind of used to uh, pre-COVID-19. So have a look at it. Do have a do have a look around. There are definitely some options out there for you. Definitely ways in which you're going to be able to make your salon as strong as it was before, and you know, hopefully better. So good luck with it. And and if you do have any more questions, make sure you jump in that Facebook community group. We definitely love questions like that to answer. Um, we've got uh, a Facebook messenger com- coming in from Kintan. Hi, Aaron. Maybe you'll be able to help me. I have a restaurant and a pub. The current guidelines say that only one to two households can gather together in such places that went indoors. I might have lost two bookings, a table for 10 and 13, uh, as I have asked them to confirm that they are from one or two household. Is this for me to police and require this information, or is it for customers' responsibility? It's a really good question there. Um, Unfortunately, the guidelines at the moment are still kind of being written in terms of the devil in the detail and everything else. So we've got some information at the moment, but not all the information. At the moment, you know, doesn't seem like it's, um, although from your point of view, you want to make sure you're covered. So you want to make sure you're doing as much check and everything else. But it doesn't seem like it's down to you particularly to be the one, quote unquote, policing it. As long as you've asked the questions and done what you're doing, then, you know, you've gone as far as you need to go. So it's more about making sure there's controls in place and making sure you just are covering yourselves in that sort of respect. Um, you know, you don't need to go down the far far as proving it or having that sort of thing. It hasn't been part of the guideline so far. But as you're doing now and just asking to confirm, I think that's enough to be able to do it. And, and all that's going to do is just give you peace of mind that you are doing what you need to do to keep everyone in that, in that building safe, in that restaurant safe. So just by having that control in place and having that courtesy just to ask the question and just to put it, just a small deterrent. There are going to be people out there who, who may, you know, not, not choose to, to, to take that warning and they may want to flaunt the rules and everything else, but at least you've got the control in place there and at least you're doing what's, what's required from you yourself in terms of keeping your staff safe and your customers safe. So, you know, I think what you're doing there is absolutely spot on and I would encourage you to carry on just with that simple, easy way of just being able to maintain and having a look from there. So I think you're in the right place there, and that's the sort of thing that I would definitely, um, from my point of view, I definitely recommend you carry on doing. Um, and if you know, you know what, if you do lose some customers from it, then so be it. I think at this point, we're, we're at the point where, you know, keeping everyone safe is top priority, your staff members and everything else. So, you know, if that's the case, then that's the case. And I think we just, we just live with that and go by that one. So good luck with it. Hopefully it goes well for you. Um, we've got a, uh, uh, from Facebook live feed, Le- Lady Kirsty Butler. I have a tied business account and they are not allowing me to bounce back loans. What's your advice? Well, tied business account themselves, they didn't, haven't officially or been given the opportunity to have um, the bounce back loans. So what I would do then is just reach out to one of the major bank account, bank. Um, on the market, high street banks. Um, so HSBC, NatWest, them sort of banks, just you'll see if you go onto their website on their front page, they'll have the opportunity there to be able to connect it um, and request that um, um, bounce back loan from there. 
Um, it's a really simple process. It's literally two sheets of um, PDF there. So there's not many questions you need to go through, but do just put apply out from there and you'll see a response in quite a, quite a quick turnaround. So HSBC, NatWest, or whoever you kind of trust from that point of view, I'd go to one of them and put a claim in through there. Uh, final question then, Pete from Facebook Messenger. Hello, Aaron. Do all businesses qualify for making tax digital? How do I know if I should be filing my taxes digital? Well, at the moment, if you're VAT registered, then as well, if, it's a bit more complicated than that. But if you are VAT registered at this moment in time, I would urge you to look at making tax digital. If you are VAT registered because you're above the £85,000 threshold, then you, you have no choice. You have to be filing via making tax digital. But if you are um, 85, if you're below the 85, so voluntarily um, went into doing making tax digital, then technically you don't have that requirement at this point in time. But again, it's this point in time. We don't know how long that's going to be around for. So maybe you want to consider making that jump at this point, um, just so you know you're compliant in the future. Because the worst thing you can do is you're going along and you haven't realized that there's been any changes and that could be an issue for you. And that's it. That is my questions for today. So, okay, um, with that last question now, let's look at, to, at the end of today's session. Quick reminder, reminder to keep an eye out for some letters from HMRC that may be relevant. Um, if you're currently filing via MTD, then please, please, please take action now to avoid any nastiness from HMRC in the future. Any questions, get in touch with QuickBooks support team on Facebook or myself on the Boffix website at Hello Boffix or my YouTube channel, Apple Core Productions, where I've got loads of information about QuickBooks. MTD and everything else that goes in between. Uh, coming up on the expert, as the expert tomorrow, though, is a really exciting new expert, so brand new to the scene. Uh, Peter Lindsay, founder of O3E, a niche events company that has been engaged with over 20,000 employees from some of the world's leading organizations, resulting in over 1 million of equipment and cash being donated to charities within the UK, Europe, Africa, and Asia. Tune in tomorrow to get free advice from a business energizer. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? Um, and there's going to be some real insight there into exactly how that's been achieved and maybe something that you'll be able to take into your business as well. So get your questions ready and for Peter, and I'm sure it's going to be an excellent asset expert tomorrow. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountant and business experts just like myself are on hand 24-7. Thank you, stay safe, and I will see you in the next video. Bye for now.